0: Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network from May 11th, episode 2931, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horsey friends. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you.
0: Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, I'm going to start the show off with some very sad news
2: today. Is it very sad? Don't lead in like it's sad. Nobody cares, <laughs> but you. Carry on.
0: So when I started podcasting back in 2008, or actually 2006, what was the only thing, Jamie, you'll know the answer to this. What was the only thing people could listen to us on, device-wise?
2: Oh, your iPod.
0: Your iPod. That's the only Download thing.
2: Download your uh, your right. favorite shows onto your iPod. That's
0: right. And, and nobody it was really did
2: hard. it. First of all, it was like... What do you do? Oh, I'm I'm a podcaster. What station is it on? No, yep. <laughs> it's not on a station. You have to download it. Well, how do I download it? Well, you gotta get your iPod out, and then you go and you plug it into your computer and you suck the yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, you downloaded your computer first, basically, and then you download it. You had to really want to listen. Well, believe it or not, they're still they were up until now, still selling iPod touches. I think I still have mine somewhere. Um and they're going away. And Apple, Apple has announced that the iPod Touch is now officially going to be gone. Nobody
2: cares, Glenn. I know. Nobody cares.
0: But it's kind of sad. It's how You're we started.
2: You're You're getting it's old. We, I am
0: getting old. And it's how we started. It's how we began this whole thing with the iPod Touch. You probably still have yours, too. I don't want to hear about it.
2: It's in a drawer. It's, a drawer. <laughs> it's probably you still works. It it's, it's got the best music on it. I'm so tired of downloading and buying music, the same songs oh, over and over
0: Yeah, again. and how much have we all spent on the same song over and over and over again? I over love years?
2: it. I, I saw something. I was like, uh, you know why um, Gen X is so mad? Because we've had to download our favorite grunge music. On, we had to buy it on tapes. And then we had to buy CDs. And then we had to buy, download it into our iPod. And now we have to download it again and pay for Amazon Music. I am, I'm over it.
0: <laughs> that one song it. has cost you $100.
2: Nirvana has yeah. wrecked me financially.
0: If you add it all up, it probably is a lot of money when you add it all up. Well, today in our horse health segment, we're going to talk about barn air quality with Stacy McGill. And also, Spotlight Rider in our Beyond the Ribbon series, 12-year-old Kira is joining us today. She's going to check in, and she's done a lot in the last month, actually. She's been the most active of all our Spotlight Riders. Plus, uh, do you have any weird news?
2: Uh, Yeah. Some weird stuff happening around our country. Yeah, it's funny. I think we're going to stay in the United States today, but we're going to touch on a lot of different places.
0: (laughs) Weird news never stops for some reason, it just never stops. Well, happy birthday to two of our auditors, Jordan Gray and Julie Hansen. Happy birthday to both of you. We hope you have a terrific day. Also, I have a second daily winny. My second daily winny is to Rich Strike. And you're going to say, why does Rich Strike deserve a daily winny? Rich Strike deserves a daily winny because I think in all the controversy over the whole situation after the race, We've forgotten what an amazing story Rich Strike winning it all was. I mean, it was just an amazing story. We talked about it here on Monday for half an hour. It was terrific, actually. So if you missed Monday's show, go back and listen to the first and half an hour. I mean, we touched on the whole after, after race thing, but we didn't go into details. Because you know what? It's just
2: an amazing story
0: about him winning the race. I wish the whole after thing hadn't happened and we'd still be focusing on what an amazing story
2: I wish the jockey would have just picked up his outside reins.
0: <laughs> See, there you go.
2: <laughs> and stopped it. But I love the meme that's been going around. Um, somebody texted it to me, so I shared it. And it says, people who are upset about the way Greg handled Rich Strike don't know about the 52 free thoroughbreds, and it shows. <laughs>
0: We can't talk about them. I got in trouble last time I've talked about them.
2: (laughs) You're going to get get me in trouble again. (laughs) It might be gone. Usually it's January, so we kind of missed it this year. Oh, yeah,
0: you're right. I guess Mm -hmm. the otherworldly events have caused the 52 Third Reds to finally disappear.
2: They're finally gone. They're
0: finally gone. I'm happy.
2: All right, my Daily Winnie – this is, I, I, somebody sent this to me for weird news, but it's not weird. It's amazing. Okay. And we're going to head to Sebastian, Florida. Where is Sebastian, Florida, Glenn?
0: I have no idea. I'll look it up.
2: Okay. Well, earlier this week, a Sebastian woman went skydiving. She promised her friends if she did this one thing and she made it and did this one thing, she would celebrate it by skydiving. And she was good to her word. She went up in tandem skydiving at skydive Sebastian, jumped out of a plane with another guy. She, this is a very brave woman. She's originally from London. She served in the Royal Army Medical Corps during, get this, World War II. Why did she skydive Glenn? Her hundredth birthday. One. Hundred years, she's like, if I make it to a hundred, I'm gonna skydive. And she made it to a hundred, and by God, she went skydiving.
0: Now here's her comment: died of a heart attack halfway down.
2: <clears throat> Still, while Sullivan said she enjoyed the experience, <laughs> she doesn't think she would do it again. <laughs> You can literally watch video of this woman (laughs) jumping out of an airplane. Terrified because you can't tell because the air is hitting her face and like, like to put her (laughs) cheeks all around like it does. So yeah, Um, well, but like seriously. Congratulations, Raymond uh, That takes
0: some guts at 100 to do that. And also took some guts on the person who dove with her to do it, too. So, I
2: mean, how much of a release <laughs> did that lady have to sign? Yeah. You <laughs> no. sign this? Okay, now sign another just to make sure.
0: Well, speaking of happy news out of Florida, did you see the report about the guy landing the plane? Did you see that?
2: No. Okay,
0: so they're in a private plane. There's a, It's a small plane. And they're in the private plane. There's two people and the pilot. The pilot passes out. Gone. Totally out while in air. This guy, and they have the audio of this, this guy calls the flight tower and says, my pilot is incoherent and out of it. And they came back and said, what's wrong with your pilot? I don't know, but he is not awake. (laughs) So, and I don't know how to fly a plane.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Fortunately, the air traffic controller happened to also be a flight instructor. And actually talk this guy into landing the plane. He, there's video of this guy landing this little plane. It, you would never know that he had never landed a plane before.
2: I saw that movie and it did not go well. <laughs> I know.
0: This guy landed the plane. It was smooth as silk, and then the air traffic controllers talking to the other pilots it was somewhere I think it was palm Beach actually uh, was talking to the air American Airlines pilot and the American airlines pilot says what 's the deal there and the, the guy goes, "Well, he just landed a plane and he does not a pilot and doesn 't know how to fly." He said, "Well, he did a damn good job <laughs> so, so there 's another happy story apparently we no report on the pilot but
2: uh, I mean, what happened? Was he drunk? Was he? Did he have like? A I heart might have attack? had a heart attack
0: or something. I don't know. But doesn't everybody always think about what happens if the pilot goes? Yes. Could I land a plane? Well, I apparently think, you can.
2: I always think when I get in a plane, I'm like, if anything happens, I got Chad. <laughs> <laughs> It's like is anybody a doctor? Is anybody yeah. a doctor? Is anybody a pilot? Which would scare somebody more worse, of course. It would be that, flinted, is anybody I've, a
0: pilot? I've been in small planes and he's let me do the controls, flying it steady and straight, not landing it. Whole different ball game, but he did it. I gotta give the guy credit. He sounded very calm on the on, on the radio. The the new pilot sounded very calm. He was,
2: He I, took a little shot of whew. Jack Daniels. <laughs>
0: I don't, think I don't think I'd have been as calm. I'd have been like, hey, the pilot just conked out. What do I do? I'm dying up here. I want to oh crash. I'd have That's been a mess. Terrifying.
2: But it's a good
0: movie. It is a good movie, and uh, he'll probably be making one, so good for him. <laughs> hey, I I want to get into talking. you got some new horses in, I saw. So I want to talk about that a little bit uh, and some other things. But there's been some kind of good news in the fight to clean up racing. Uh, the as we all heard, the federal government's kind been kind of trying to crack down on horse doping, and there was a win in the courthouse on May the sixth when Lisa uh, Gianelli w- yeah was found guilty of providing the drugs for her veterinarian, Dr. Seth Fishman uh, to drug horses over eighteen years at a Florida-based veterinary clinic. So she was selling the medications for the veterinarian and basically doing up cocktails for the veterinarian, and this was in standard bread racing mostly. The FBI got involved and started investigating this, and it was in thoroughbred and harness racing both. They investigated it over a two-year period of time, and she was one of now 31 people that had been indicted. She was the one at, at basically doing the mixing and handing out the drugs. Um, and the, basically they determined the p- prosecution convinced the jury, it was a jury trial, convinced the jury that she knew full well that this was not allowed. They were illegal substances and, you know, this was not something where she just worked there and was told what to do. She apparently also had worked at, as a trainer in the industry before, so she they they established that she knew what she was doing. And how
2: do you sleep if you are doing something illegal that you can get caught and go to jail for? How do you sleep every single years night? Eighteen years.
0: Worth. Eighteen years. The juror, one of the jurors interviewed after, said he had no idea how extensive the drugging problem in racing was until he was sat in on the trial. Well, if you're the average person, you're probably not going to have any idea. Um. Also, the veterinarian uh, Fishman was found guilty at his own trial in February, and his sentencing is set for May the 26th. Now, they haven't been sentenced yet, so we don't know what kind of, you know, what kind of jail terms, if any, they're going to get. But there's been a total of 31 indictments. Of those, 14 have pled guilty, including two former harness racer harness racing trainers who turned around and then became government witnesses, and were a government witness in this trial against her. So that's how they initially started out with like 14 indictments. But because these two flipped, now they're up to 31. Uh, And the defendants also include prominent trainer Jason Service. Uh, who I swear we had one of his people on on the show at one point in harness racing. He's he's the biggest harness racing trainer. No,
2: that, he's a thoroughbred trainer. Oh,
0: he's a thoroughbred trainer, right? Yeah, okay, that's right. Some that's right.
2: Maximum Security, who I just knew was going to win the Derby and did, and then but like took out like six horses. That's right. In the I was
0: thinking of the other the other harness racing, racing trainer yeah. that we've had on, but uh, yeah. So he's under you know he's under indictment too. So we'll see what happens with all of this. But it's it's a step. That's what it is. It's a step in the right direction.
2: Well, I did see that there is a on Animal Wellness Actions website. There is a petition because apparently July 1st, Baffert's suspension is over, Bob Baffert. And they're saying they're signing up. They want you to sign a petition saying suspend him for three years instead of three months
0: yeah so, I don't see that happening.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think they change things, but again, it's just to let people know that people are people care, you know anyway,
0: you know, I didn't miss him at the derby actually um no, didn't miss seeing him there all day, so. Hey, uh, over at StatelineTech.com right now, they have some new arrivals from Carrots, one of everybody's favorite brands. They also have some new arrivals from Kensington. And this makes me happy for a number of reasons. One is everybody knows the Kensington Plaid products. They're really cool. Everybody likes them. They're well-made products. But if you remember right, a couple years ago, they had a massive fire at their warehouse that Took, mm-hmm. took them out. I mean, just burned everything down. They're back, and they're making products again, and I'm so happy to see that. Uh, you know, we weren't sure whether they'd even be in business after that fire. So, they have a whole whole lot of different products right now in stock over at StateLineTack.com, from fly masks to sheets to uh, aisle. They are actually making aisle guards now. You know, the stall guards that are the that are the wider ones that are made with the rubber and then also the mesh. Well, they're making them for aisles, full-width aisles, which I think is kind of cool. I didn't even know they made those. So they have uh, hay bags. They have boots, all different kinds of things. Of course, in the plaid that everybody's become familiar with, all different colors. They have two pages of it right now over at com. Go over and check it out today. They also have mini blankets, by the way, which are as cute as the Dickens plaid. plaid. <laughs> so, you have some new horses in training.
2: I do, I do, um, I and and I'm gonna tell you guys a a very um, it's kind of st- tough to talk about that little thing here, but Been that I, kind I got, of morning, <laughs> yeah. So so. You know, I I got two new horses in from horse and hound and they just got here and one has one shoe. So he's getting uh, that tacked back on this morning and I'll start him today and see how it goes. One is white is beautiful. And of course, everybody's like, I love the gray, Uh, you know, so we'll see how that goes. Their names are chiller and handsome lad. And then I have a mare who came in these super sweet people bought her this poor mare. Was a racehorse. And then she was, she bowed both front tenants and then was sent to a kill pen, an auction. She was then bought at the Stroud auction and then sent down to the Kaufman auction, where then she was purchased by the killer buyer, but they, they did the kill pen thing, which is a complete scam. Go to the auction and buy the horse yourself. You'll save thousands. Anyway, so they get the horse. They see it online, buy it, ship it up, and they've spent like seven months rehabbing her. Oh my God, they've had so many vet visits and they're just like these super sweet people. And it's an eight-year-old thoroughbred mare, and she is she was apparently a hot mess when she came. Now she's pretty sweet and you can go get her and stuff. So I'm just helping them start. They they said their only goal in life with this horse. Doesn't matter what happens. If she's never going to be sound, they don't care. All they want to do is be able to put their granddaughter up on her leader round. I was like, well, we can work on that. (laughs) So we're doing a lot of things to desensitize. Uh, So she, and she's coming along. She, it took them two and a half hours to get her loaded. So I loaded her yesterday and taught her a little bit about the trailer and what a dually halter actually is. And uh, it's coming really well. She's doing really well. So she's going to get some shoes today and see if that improves her angles a little bit. Uh, up front, but the the terrible sad news that I uh,
0: I was gonna say that's good news. <laughs> that's all
2: good news but the, the bad stuff happens to my horses oh um and i i'm I'm hesitant to tell this story because I feel like I might get complaint, like people might get mad at me, but you know what? it is what it is. I'm doing the best I can. So I bought this mare, Julie, from that online auction, and uh, a roulette Juliet. And I've I've been working with her for months. She's very spooky. I mean, she like I said when she when she came here, she was cowering against the wall. You know, she was so beat up by this the guy who told me I could learn a little something around there. Anyway, long story. So I, I've been riding her, and and I get I can now trail ride her around, and she will walk out there. But man, I it's been months, and I can't get her to trot right. So I'll trot. And she'll pick up the trot and she'll go four steps and then slam on the brakes. And I'm like, okay. And y'all don't know. I don't use whips or spurs or anything. I'm like, I want to make them want to go forward, not have to go forward. So I pick up the trot again and she trots five steps and she slams on the brakes. Well, recently I've been able to get her trotting in a full 20-meter circle. And I was like, yay, we're trotting a circle, which for a three-year-old baby racehorse should not be that hard. Well, I got her trotting the full circle and I trotted about halfway through the second circle and she just lost it. Reared straight up in the air and she is not balanced enough to hold a rear with a rider on. And so she rears up and I had, I I only ride her and the younger ones when I have somebody there. So farm boy was there and she rears straight up and like goes to step back. And I was like, Oh my God, we're going over. And so I basically like, I don't know how I did it. When you have a sense of self-preservation, I just like jumped on her head, right. You know, to push her down and she went down. And of course, when a horse rears, you don't want them to stop. You want to send them forward. So I put my leg on and I sent her forward again and she reared straight up again and went over sideways like she was going to fall into the left. So I grabbed my rein. I pulled it straight down and got her back on her feet without her falling over. These are the, probably the two most severe rears that I've ever sat. I have had a horse flip over backwards with me, but I was in the snow. And so it was okay. I was not in the snow. It was in my arena. And that that kind of thing is not this mare at this point is the sweetest, most gentle, loving. Come to you, meet you at the gate, let your rubber head. She has changed a hundred. She has got 180 degree difference in her in her appreciation of humans. Uh so I really feel like I've helped her there. But y'all, I can't, I can't do that. Uh you can't. I only, there's only one of me and there's a whole lot of things to do and I can't ride a horse. That's going to flip over backwards. And so I got off of her and I came and I put her in the cross ties. I'm like, I mean, I'm shaking cause it was terrifying. And farm boy was like, Hey, you look pretty good up there. And I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> I don't want to look good. in that moment. Uh, so she, she came down. So I put her in the cross ties and, God dang it. I I go to just put my hands on her spine. So this vet taught me a way that you can like kind of push on their back by putting your hands kind of on the opposite side of their spine and like pulling a little bit. And I hit that spot right on her, like coming up towards her sacrum and I pushed my fingers down and boy, she lost it. Just like almost sat down. I'm like, oh, I can't. Do this again, because you you all know that I've followed along in this journey. I've already been through this with two horses. Now, they both exhibited their pain in various ways. One would not trot, even cantering up a hill, following somebody. I couldn't even get to trot up the hill. The other one tripped and fell with me on him. Uh, so I I just I can't deal with this again. And I, I put thousands of dollars in EPM, Cairo, acupuncture, uh, X-rays, all the things. Well, if if this is a medical kissing spine issue, number one, I don't want her to go be a broodmare because. I mean, even though she's a granddaughter of Tappet, okay, I just, I can't sell her as a broodmare with the potential that kissing spine is hereditary. They just don't know enough yet. Uh, And then, even if it's not kissing spine, then I have to work through training a horse, which I got to spend $1,000 figuring out what's wrong with her. And then I got to train a horse that rears and spooks at everything. And I just don't, at 44 years of age, don't feel like that is the best effort of my, the best time I could spend. So I found a situation for her. Uh, She is going to go It's like 15 minutes from me. And I talked to our listener who's involved in this too, but this is closer and I can keep an eye on her. And when she's done with her job, she will, I will take her back. Uh, And this is a, she's going to go be a recipient mare. So there's a place down in Purcell that folds out mares, but also uses recipient mares. And I called them and I said, are you guys interested in recipient mares? They were like, yes, they filled up last February. There's no recipient mares to be found. Apparently, recipient mares are highly sought after and treated like gold because they need so many of them. Um, I was talking to a listener of ours who works at a recipient mare place, and they have horses into their mid-20s that are still going because they, they take such good care of them because they need them. So I'm going to go visit this place next week, um, and they're going to meet Julie and do a little reproduction exam and make sure she's got all the ovaries and the uterus and make sure everything works. And then she's going to go there and just carry babies for other – do you know what a recent mare is, Glenn? Yes, yes. Yeah, so they make get (sighs) an embryo out of a really fancy, awesome mare that's probably competing and winning money. And they have this, but they want babies out of her. So they implant them in other horses. And this is a very big thing. I don't know if it's big all over the country, but there are several places that do it here in Oklahoma, shockingly. So,
0: you know what? Your job is to help horses find their place. And you're just helping this horse find it. Not all the places have to be riding. Right, yeah. so you're helping the horse find its place, and you yeah, know. maybe I just,
2: I really, I love her. Yeah, you know, no. like it's tough, but I don't want her to go be a broodmare, even though she is tap it, baby. But I also don't want to sell her as like here you go, somebody, yeah. you know, fifteen hundred bucks, somebody come yeah. and get her because they're going to get hurt. And there's so many, like I. Like, so you think it's hard to be around me? It's hard to be me. Like these are things that keep me up at night. Uh, so by the way, the congratulations goodness,
0: for riding those bucks.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was like, was farm like boys over horse. there
0: going, "Wow, we're going to enter you in the
2: rodeo." No, <laughs> come on, come to Wyoming with me, break some babies. Uh, yeah, so it was. I mean, I I unfortunately can ride things like that, but I don't want to. You know? I
0: don't like, want you to either because I want you hanging around here for a little while longer. And, so and
2: and you know when I get off a horse and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like. I mean, because a couple times I'm like, I need to get back on her. I'm scared to get back on her, if I'm being honest. But why wouldn't I? There's something, but I'm not going to, sp- like I said, if I spend thousands of dollars and they're like, nothing's wrong, then I've got to ride a rearer. And that, you know, it's like when people pay me to figure these problems out, I, that's one thing. If it's my problem, I can just take a bath in the, in the finances. So I'm well, after
0: what you've spent on that other horse. Damn it, Zeus. Damn it, um, Zeus. <laughs> your husband's probably not real keen on spending another 30000 on a horse.
2: Yeah, I know. And by the way, to hashtag damn it, Zeus. Farm boy got done with his exams yesterday, and I was gone. He was like, can I come over and ride? And I was like, sure, hop on, Zeus. Come on. He's like, "Uh, it stopped bleeding, but he's got a big hole in his leg. <laughs> Send me a picture. I'm like, is he lame? He's like, no, nah, just, just some blood gonna, coming down.
0: You're going to come home. Chad's going to have taken that horse to some prairie somewhere and left it loose.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, just ride him. If he's not lame, just ride him. <laughs> just keep going.
0: I think, you know, you're doing the right thing, right? You're doing what's right by the horse, and that's what you always say. And, you yeah. know, so basically you're just doing what you always say. Um, And, again, <sighs> it doesn't always have to be riding, right? So some horses well, have different it, it, jobs.
2: And the lady on the phone told me, she's like, you know, we we have horses here. She's like, somebody brought in a big, beautiful, warm blood mare. And they're like, you can do whatever you want with her, except ride her. (laughs) (laughs) And and, I mean, I'm glad that it's providing a job. I mean, that's something. And again, the stipulation will be like, hey, by the way, if this doesn't work out, just send her back to me and I'll retire her and figure out what to do with her. Now, also as an aside, pink. My baby mama is due May 31st. Oh, yay. It's coming uh, up. We're on baby watch. I, I made a really awesome uh, judgment call, which is next weekend, I'm going to go visit my dad for his birthday. Pink usually goes a week early, but my dad was insistent and I didn't so think Chad about it. So Chad has to make, make this baby
0: happen himself.
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing is she she retained her placenta last year, and so the, the potential of her retaining her placenta again is high. Uh, so this place that takes recipient mares, it's also a nursery <laughs> and they fall out mares. And so if she retains her placenta, I'm looking at three emergency vet visits at, you know, midnight every night for three days. I can't have Chad do that. And so, so I'm actually, I, when I was talking to this facility, we should have them on also, I'll try to get them on, talk about it because, um, I I bring her to this facility and they're like, is she really good with other mares? Yes, she's, she's going to be the easiest horse you've ever dealt with. She's so easy. Okay. Well, we put them out in the field and we check them every 15 minutes. So they're going to fall her out and take care of her. And that's one last thing for me to deal with. So anyway, that's, what's going to happen. We'll try to get them on to talk about their facility. It seems pretty cool.
0: Very good. Well, this health segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. Stacey McGill, we talked to her several years ago. She was pursuing her doctorate in biosystems and agriculture engineering at UK, and she's here to talk about air quality in barns. Well, hi, Stacey. Thank you for joining us this morning. You know, I was just, uh, the other day we had uh, uh, one of our listeners on who was a lawyer and her husband was a lawyer. And we have so many listeners that are doctors and everything. And now we have you who's pursuing a master's degree in biosystems and agricultural engineering at University of Kentucky. I don't even know what that means. Um, So (laughs) we we are so lucky to have very smart guests and very smart listeners. And then there's Jamie and I. So... uh, we, we appreciate you coming down to our level to chat with us today.
3: Absolutely. I'm very excited.
0: <laughs> well, now, um, te- you're, you are doing studies on air quality in barns and, and things like that. And there's one thing I really want to talk to you about today. I know you did a study on fans, and I live in Florida, and of course, all of us have multiple fans. Uh, but I, I want to learn what you learned a little bit about that. But tell us a little bit about the studies that you're doing and why you picked this particular topic.
3: Uh, So I have a variety of things going on. Um, I've actually finished my master's and decided to stay on and pursue my Ph.D. So just being able to expand more on air quality and and ventilation. So she's extra smart
0: is what I'm getting out of
3: that. (laughs) Or a glutton for punishment. Yeah, either one. (laughs) I think that's still up in the air. Uh, but we did do the the small fan study that you that you mentioned that looked at common fans in barns and, and what they do or don't do. We have uh, also been looking a lot at indoor arenas and air quality in indoor arenas, uh, while also continuing to look at air quality in barns. And when we when we talk about air quality. Uh, We talk about it. it, We're kind of referencing a a whole slew of factors such as temperature, uh, moisture that's in the barn, as well as any odors and dust uh, particles and all of that. So it's this very large, overarching topic when we say air quality.
0: So let me ask you a question um, back up a little bit. Have we found... We all know that horses tend, especially very competitive horses, tend to be in more than I think they used to be. So uh, I think there used to be more turnout, especially if you get down to areas like Wellington and places like that where turnout is practically non-existent. In your studies, did you discover that there is an issue with more horses having more breathing problems now than 20 years ago?
3: So we have not expressly looked at that but we have been focusing on kind of what's going on in that barn stall microenvironment. Uh, but we do know that particles um, and odors and some of the, you know, the dust and everything does tend to build up in barns the more horses are in. So you follow that logic, the more horses, you know, the longer horses are in, the more of these pollutants, for lack of a better term, that build up. Therefore the worse off the air quality can potentially be if you don't have a proper barn design to help move out all of those, 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 um, the stuff that we don't want our horses or us breathing in.
0: So let's get back to the fans then a little bit, because everybody goes out and buys, they all, I mean, h- how many box fans are installed stalls in America? About a million, right? So, uh, right. And, and, and everybody buys box fans, and like us, we live in Florida, so, you know, it's a little hot. Um, and we're putting box fans, and we have them up in the upper corner, and they're pointing down. And did you ha- did you discover anything about types of fans and direction and where they should be and all of that?
3: So we did. Um, I actually had a lot of fun doing this. And we looked at box fans as well as the um, the high volume fans the circular ones that do push quite a bit of air yep. cuz you also see those yep and what we we looked at on um, being mounted in the rafters as well as on the stall walls and then one of the barns that we did uh, the only way to get fresh air was actually through the stall door so we looked at that as well and one of the things that is is interesting is that hot air rises, which we all know, um, or it's a common, you know, we hear hot air rises. And so when you mount fans up in the rafters, what typically happens, depending on where in the the barn you have mounted it, you potentially are actually bringing all of that hot air and, and the dust and everything back down into your stall.
0: I never thought about that before. Now,
3: Right. So, but if you position the fan, uh, so when we, when we talk about air quality, it pretty much goes hand in hand with, with making sure that there's good ventilation. And when I say good ventilation, I mean that we are bringing in fresh air, fresh outside air as much as possible. And so if you have constructed the barn and you have good um, openings at your ease, uh, so where the roof and the walls meet. When that's where you mount your fan and you're pulling air in, you may actually and most likely are bringing fresh air in from the outside directly into your into your barn rather than if it's positioned towards the peak of your barn where you would most likely be pulling in, you know, b- recycling air that has already been through the barn.
0: God, okay. Well, that, that, make, sense? that makes sense. Yeah. Now, I, I see in Florida, you know, our barns tend to be more open. So, you know, they're they're above the stalls. It's open to the outside. We we don't. I mean, there are closed barns, but not a lot of them. Do you? Right. We. So I see a lot of the barns here. They're putting the fans on the stall door. Uh, and from what you're saying, that might sound like a better place to put it because then at least it's the you know the hot air still rising and not being yeah. shot back down. <laughs>
3: Yes, and and often um, we see that if you are pairing uh, your your fans on stall doors or putting your fans on stall doors, you want to make sure that you're pairing it uh, with good aisleway ventilation. Uh, So for instance, the barn that I have where my horses are, I have great air movement through my aisleway, but I don't have quite as great movement from the aisleway into my stalls. So the fans on the doors work well for me to move that fresh air from the aisleway into my stalls, and so that's where fans aren't necessarily, you know, reducing the temperature of the barn or producing air speeds that will actively cool the horses, but they potentially do move fresher air into stalls or into where the horses are, which then pushes the stale air out and facilitate that uh air exchange
0: so jamie built a barn here this year uh in the past year in oklahoma jamie was you know you dealt with professional builders was was air quality was air movement was was any of that a concern or did they bring it up
2: oh my gosh glenn let me remind you who what company built my barn uh morton built my barn and and you know, this doesn't mean it to be a com- uh, commercial for them, but like that is the main concern is is airflow. So what she was saying about like when you go up to the the top of the roof. Uh, The top of the wall where it meets the roof, it's all like a mesh, uh, metal mesh thing that goes around, so the airflow goes through. I had Dutch doors put in that stay open all the time, and the horses can put their heads in the aisleway or outside the door. We have fans installed, and also Morton has uh, the thing at the roof of the barn that you turn on, and it sucks all the air up through the top of the roof, so it's like continuing. Oh, that hot air out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, with that barn and and when you're building with a company that's reputable like that, it's the it's such something everybody thinks about. I mean, it's a really big deal. So um, I feel comfortable and everything. I'm hearing, I'm feeling like I'm winning. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and that you brought up a really good point: is either exhaust fans up in you know that peak in that. Uh, the top of the barn, or even just ridge openings, um, or properly working cupolas—that's what it is called. Thank you. Well, cupola. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, the cupolas, all of that, um, the cupolas and the ridge vents um, are kind of a more passive that it'll just naturally change over versus an exhaust fan, which will actively pull air out of your barn. All of that is amazing for ensuring that that fresh air gets into the stalls and into the barn. Huh.
0: Look, you did something right, Jamie. Look at you. You know, Glenn,
3: <laughs> if, if
2: you're going to quiz me on one thing, building a barn that is easy to work around and is good for my horses would be the number one thing I actually have knowledge about. <laughs> Efficiency and <laughs> airflow and ease of use; those are all the things that I'm going to consider. Again, if you told we've, me to put a car together, I would ha- I'd be like, "Here's a wagon, let's go." We've been doing you know. this
0: ten years, and we finally found something that Jamie knows something about. Good, this is great.
2: <laughs> I, I I definitely feel like I succeeded in this, but <laughs> I, that's also I'm I'm in I'm forty, so it's, it took me that long to be able to get a place like this. I mean, I've boarded at facilities oh, well. that are just detrimental to the horses. Yeah, well you know which ones we grew health. up in
0: pennsylvania they're all bank barns and, and when i if,
2: lived in ohio i mean they're England, all bank barns shut it down. right close it up
0: yeah. uh, bank barns are the worst what? because your horses usually go in the bottom and the hay goes in the top the ceilings are low there's no ventilation at all because they were made for cows and converted the horses um and and that's very common in the northeast
3: yeah yeah and that's, we do see that a lot. Um, if if there were two things that I could do to almost any barn that I went in, it would be to take the hayloft out or to make sure that the hayloft wasn't over the stalls and to install some sort of outlet in the roof and inlet in the walls or the eaves, And that would, that would solve a lot of Um, Potential ventilation issues. Interestingly, some of the best barns ventilation wise are old tobacco barns.
0: Mm -hmm, Oh, because they were made for ventilation. That's what they had to have ventilation, right?
3: Exactly. As long as they haven't been, you know, had metal siding put around them, uh, tobacco barns provide some of the best uh, air quality and ventilation for horses and any animal. Now, Now,
2: explain why that is for those who haven't lived in Kentucky or seen the tobacco barns.
3: Uh, So tobacco barns were designed to be open so that air could move through them so that as the tobacco was hanging after it had been harvested, it could dry. And a lot of uh, horse owners have bought old tobacco farms, and so they have converted the tobacco barns into horse stalls. And some of them have put the metal metal siding around them, but there's still a lot that it's just the wood siding, and the doors have all been all the little slats have been kind of nailed closed so they don't swing, um, and that just allows the air to to move through it um, and and keep that that fresh air changing. So basically, for
2: those who are having a hard time, you picture going through Kentucky; you'll see these big, giant black. Buildings and structures, and those are tobacco barns. And those on the wall, the slats go up and down, and those pivot like they open. It's the weirdest thing. So, that's how the airflow went across the tobacco and dried it out, then to be sold. So, uh, th- it, uh let me tell you something else about those barns. They're the coldest dang place in the winter. You've I was been. just gonna say, <laughs> and the snow
0: comes in and there's a blizzard, you've got 10 inches of snow over everything in your barn. <laughs> it's, like...
3: it's so cold, but it's amazing in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're amazing in the summer. Um, and we do have to remember that horses are actually comfortable, more comfortable and co- slightly colder temperatures than humans are. So the horses are probably, as long as there's not snow piling up, um, the horses are actually probably quite happy in it, especially if they have, you know, good hay and potentially a blanket if they need that. Uh, It's the humans that stand there and go. Yeah, it's the horse husbands
0: like me that have to go out and feed that don't like it.
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, Stacey, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. I, I got to ask you about one other thing. I, I know you might not comment about this, but you see in a lot of... Getting back to the indoors, you see... A oh, lot
2: my God. I thought you were going to ask her who she voted for. Jeez. Oh, no.
0: No. Oh, I do have an election update. The one guy still has won a lot of states. The other guy has won a lot of states, and there's still more states. So it hasn't changed. Um, so, Stacy, the... Uh, The big-ass fans, so we all know what they are, and we see them now. They're very expensive, by the way. Uh, But you see them now going in indoor arenas. Is that a good thing?
3: Fans can be very useful tools if you know why you want them and what, what the purpose for them is. So it's not that they're a bad thing. It's not that they're a great thing. Some arenas, they need them. Some, you may not. And it it really just depends on on what you're looking for, and I know that is a total non-answer.
0: That uh, you it could it have run for office and the, been voted on last night with that answer, Stacy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, it goes back to the to the the question about do fans work in barns and installs. Well, the real answer is is it depends. What do you want it to do? So there are arenas that definitely can benefit from more air movement and big ass fans do that. They, they move a lot of air, uh, and they help tremendously. And I, especially in a barn that say the horses are under the same roof as the arena or they're around the arena, that's probably a facility that could benefit from something like a big ass fan to move air through. Some of your other arenas, they could just benefit from having more windows and more doors open and making sure that you have those ridge openings. Just because you don't have the horses producing dust and you don't have the hay and the bedding and the ammonia in your arena doesn't mean that it doesn't still need that ability for fresh air to come in. And so having more inlets and outlets so that the air can come in through the inlets and leave through the outlets is good, uh, but a big-ass fan uh, could potentially be something that is very valuable as well.
0: All right. Now, one final question. Are you an inventor?
3: Uh, so I have invented for a, a number of years and have recently been moving more into show jumping.
0: Okay. So you, you want to break less bones? Oh, is that the idea? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I will not comment on, on that. Thank you, Stacy. Uh, she should be a politician. <laughs> yeah, she.
0: you really should be running for office. Stacey, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. All right, take care.
2: Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds has one, two, three, four different formulas that we're going to chat about very briefly today. First one on the list balances the needs of horses who need calories, But they also need a little bit of focus. What's that one called? Called Mass
3: No sass.
2: They also have a formula that's going to balance the needs
3: of a horse that needs a lot of energy because he is a high-performance competitor. What's that one? That one is called Freestyle Performance or Trail Mix. Because,
2: yes, trail horses can be high-performance animals. And for senior horses or horses who have
3: dental issues. That one's called Senior. Tough to remember. And for those who want a top quality, non-GMO feed, which is what all of Daily Dose Equine's
2: feeds are, but they also have a really serious budget that they need, they need to stick to, what do, they ha-
3: what do you have for them? We call that product Sweet and Safe.
0: Well, next up, we have our Beyond the Ribbons series spotlight rider, Kira, our 12-year-old who rides her pony named Flower and also her horse named Micah. Hi, Kira. Hi, Glenn. Hey, it's so good to have you on today. Now, you've done a lot of stuff since we talked last, but there's something I want to talk to you about because I watched it, and it was adorable. You did, uh, for a pony club rally, you actually did a musical freestyle with Flower. It was so cute.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I'm trying. Go ahead. I'm trying to qualify for dressage championships in Pony Club on Flower because if I went for eventing, she'd have to do beginner novice and she's getting a little too little for that.
0: Yeah.
2: So <laughs> I didn't see the video. What music did you use? It was
1: a collection of different music by the Teriyaki Boys, I think. Okay. It's kind of like Mexican, Puerto Rican techno music. That's what I would describe
0: it as. That's exactly how I would describe it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) And flowers seem to really get into the music. Yeah, it's just so perfectly suited for, you know, who she is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it wasn't and, and what and ha- what place did you come in?
1: We actually came in first place. We got Woo! a score of a 74.
0: Wow. <laughs> so will this help you qualify for nationals then? Yes, because of
1: that, I am actually qualified. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> so, thank you.
0: You know, that's a big deal, especially at your age. Usually it's the older teenagers that are qualifying for nationals. To qualify for nationals for Pony Club at the age of 12 is a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, what's super impressive (laughs) is that Flower got hurt in the field two weeks before the show. And she was only sound three days before dressage rally. So, I had about three days to get her ready for dressage rally.
0: Well, she was fun. She didn't look, I mean, she didn't. I didn't see her take a wrong step, so she must have recovered pretty quick.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like a big injury. She just, um, she was trying to get away from the mare in our field, and she ended up, like, stepping on a rock and twisting it mm. in her foot. So, she had, like, a whole in her
0: hoofs fortunately those heal pretty quickly hooves heal so that's good hey do flowers <laughs> speak before we stop talking about flower he apparently flowers doing some extra training for nationals too right isn't flower um, going to a cowboy to get some uh to get some bomb proofing uh, done
1: <laughs> yes that's michael baddenfield
0: and what's what's flower doing there
1: Well, Flower is very sound sensitive and she doesn't like having a ton of things around her, which considering how good she is with literally everything, it's really surprising. But last year when we went to champs for venting, um, she did terrible in dressage because there were there was a loudspeaker and at championships, everybody has golf carts, and they decorate the golf carts mm-hmm. with, like, pool floats and a bunch of colorful stuff. So she was just having a meltdown, and she may have tried to, you know, buck me off in the warm-up ring.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what, a she pony the buck!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was quite upset by it. <laughs> hmm.
0: So you're working on uh, helping out with that a little bit before you had to try on this year. Yeah. Probably good news. I move. do
1: not need her trying to buck me off.
0: That's probably I good news. <laughs> now, did I see did you end up going with Flower uh to Fairhill for an event over the weekend, over this last weekend?
1: Yeah, I took Flower to the Fairhill starter. And? It was like a dr- torrential downpour the entire time. The weather was terrible. But Flower was just so well behaved. What's really funny is that somehow we got a decent score in my massage test, even though she broke at the canner, and during her free walk, she was trying to drink from the muddy (laughs) puddle. You can literally see her doing it in the videos. It's just like she has her nose in the puddles and she's just like drinking. And we offered the pony water.
0: <laughs> ponies are so ponies. Ponies are always ponies. It never it never fails. So did you actually do it? I saw you guys had bad weather all week. I mean, it, it literally poured inches of rain up there. Did you end up doing cross country then?
1: Yes, we actually did really well. We got first place.
0: Oh, wow. Woo! Good good for you. Yeah. We didn't see any video, probably because all you would hear was <laughs> from the rain coming down.
1: Oh, yeah. The helmet cam. I played it, but... um.
2: You need windshield wipers it on raining. it? It's
1: raining. She's, like, raining the whole time. And the wind was terrible, so...
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations! That sounds like a good weekend at Fair Hill.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
0: Very good. And then you're he- heading to Plantation Field this weekend with Flower, right?
1: Not with Flower. Oh, okay. I'm taking Micah for a venting rally because with Pony Club Champs, you always try to qualify like as many horses and as many disciplines as possible in case like someone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and qualify Micah for a venting, just in, cl- in case Flower gets into an
0: accident.
2: And what... That would never happen. Come on, <laughs> never.
0: <laughs> Tony getting hurt in the field—that never happens. So, uh, at what what level's Micah? At? What are you? What level are you doing that at? At plantation?
1: We're going to go for beginner novice. Okay. It will be our second third recognized event at novice
0: good are you excited or do you think that you can do it are you going to qualify I'm really excited and
1: I'm hoping that I qualify but I have to get double clear to do that
0: <laughs> you can do so, it come on Michael pressed. you got Listen.
2: this <laughs> Uh, Take it, take it, uh, a page from the Kentucky Derby winning trainer who said, I never enter a race. I don't think I can win. You got to go in there with, you're going to enter, so you just better think you can win. (laughs) Thank you for the advice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Well, as always, you know, we're rooting for you. I'm, I'm very excited that you get to go to nationals. It's something else. Do they still do the rallies? Jamie doesn't know a lot about Pony Club, but and I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't either. But when you go to these rallies, usually the kit, it used to be, the kids are separated from the parents, and they're not even allowed to talk to them. Is that the same way at the rallies now? Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is that the kids are on their own, they learn how to deal with their own things, the instructors are in there, and the, the heads of the Pony Clubs are in there, but you're basically not allowed to talk to your family. And it... it, it was that way and it it was interesting to watch because the kids were seemed so much happier when they weren't allowed to talk to their mom and dad (laughs) (laughs) look look at her laughing she knows she's (laughs) agrees. am i right kira am i right
1: i will make no comment on that (laughs) statement for my mother is currently in the car oh
2: god she's smart
1: wow she's so smart well beyond her years
0: (laughs) Kira, the thank
1: remi- The right to remain silent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're probably wise to take that. <laughs> well, good luck this weekend over at Plantation. You know, we're rooting for you and we're so excited that things are going well and, and that you're going to get to head the try on, which is a very cool place to have nationals this year. Thank you. Bye, Kira.
1: Bye, Glenn. Bye, Bye Amy.
0: Well, there she goes. Uh, She's so fun. (laughs) Smart kid, too, huh?
2: (laughs) Very smart. I love that. uh, You know, we've all I've had that. But not a cute kid on a little pony. I was like, say, a grown ass adult who had it happen, which is the horse stopped in the water jump and tried to drink. (laughs) Now, that has never happened in dressage with the puddles. So that was even worse. That's a first. (laughs) Yeah. We
0: usually hear him trying to jump out of the ring, not uh, drink the water in the ring. That's nice. Well, let's talk about wind tech and then get to some weird news.
2: Okay, looking for a saddle that's affordable, durable, and comfortable for you and your horse? It sounds like you're looking for a Wintech. Wintech saddles combine world leading innovations and high tech materials and lightweight, weatherproof, and easy care saddles. The comprehensive Wintech range offers not only cutting edge designs, but also reaches new standards in fit, comfort, and performance benefits for both you and your horse. They now have a high wither all purpose saddle, perfect for those high withered thoroughbreds. Also, a new wide all-purpose, and wide dressage saddle for your wider warm bloods. It's easy to see why Wintec is the world's number one s- synthetic saddle brand. With styles for any discipline and confirmation, there's a Wintec saddle for you. Visit Wintec-saddles.com today to view Wintec's full range of saddles and reach a new level of comfort for you and your horse. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. I'd like to argue with that, but I can't. So <laughs> I'm gonna let you know who these people are who found these awesome news stories and have happened happy enough to share them to me. When you're reading the news or wherever you find your news and you think, God, that's weird. That's what I want. I want you to email it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com and put weird news in the subject line. And then here we go. Because that's what Laureen, Debbie, Andrew, Laurie, Alicia, Brooklyn, and Elizabeth did. I think I even found one of these. So Uh, Thank you all for participating and getting the story. I don't tell you who sent me what because it's none of your business where they get their news. Uh, Okay. First, we're going to start in Port Arthur, Texas. Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, There's a a homeowner who has a camera out back and uh, he's out cutting the grass. and, And the homeowners, he's recording this guy cutting his grass in the front yard and the backyard. However. Uh, he didn't hire this person to cut his grass. This person named Hubbard, I'll give you his last name. Hubbard was actually stealing his lawnmower. (laughs) Okay. This gentleman was stealing a lawnmower, but actually on the way out, decided he should probably before he takes a lawnmower, mow all the grass.
0: He had some conscience.
2: (laughs) It's on video. He comes in and he goes to, and he steals the lawnmower and then is like, "Hmm, let's take it for a little joyride and cuts the guy's front and backyard, both yards. Okay. So then what happens is they find, they've actually identified him because they could see him so clearly in the security cameras. Um, The guy was like, why is somebody cutting my grass by the way, in the middle of the night? So the homeowner calls the police. (laughs) It was like, Hey, somebody's, I mean, what do you say? Hey, somebody's cutting, cutting my, my grass, grass. <laughs> uh, with my lawnmower. And so, uh, the officers arrived at the scene and the guy took off. Actually, he was seen dragging the lawnmower with him. I guess it ran out of gas or something. Uh, the, I was, maybe he was trying to be quiet. And turns the lawnmower off and he's like, I'm going to get better. Get out of here with my lawnmower. And he's pushing the drill lawnmower down an alley in between the houses and uh, then decides he better just take off because clearly this is not working. Uh, and you don't want to do a high speed police chase on a lawnmower. By the way, it is a riding lawnmower. And uh, yeah, so he was unable to steal the lawnmower and a warrant is out for his arrest. And police are asking anybody with information about his whereabouts is asked to come forward. <laughs>
0: Do you think he gets half the sentence because he had had half a conscience?
2: I mean, I feel like he was doing the guy a favor. Yeah, yeah. He can come by <laughs> my
0: lawn anytime.
2: Imagine waking up in the middle of the night and you hear somebody cutting your grass. Yeah. See, I think it, my
0: impression is you could probably get away with that easier during the day when they're at work. That's <laughs> I my know. impression.
2: Exactly. Then, then nobody would think anything of it.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I just I want to go to Goodwill. Over and over again for things like this. You always hear stories of people like buying a book and there's oh, money I in it.
0: don't know which one you're going to say, too. I saw
2: or, this story. Or they go to buy a painting and underneath the painting is like a certificate of authenticity and things worth millions. Well, check this out. A Texas woman goes into Goodwill and she sees this like on a shelf at Goodwill, a marble bust of Somebody—it's just like when it, it looks like in *Pride and Prejudice*. It's like one of those marble busts that would be sitting in Mr. Darcy's house. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So she finds this marble bust at Goodwill and she buys it for thirty-five dollars. Now, how's she gonna get it home? There's actually a photo of the Goodwill sticker on his cheek, and she's got him strapped into the front seat. Okay, it's a marble head <laughs> that she is. Strapped in. Looks like it has a band-aid on it like 50 cent. Uh anyway, so she decides she probably needs to have this thing researched. Turns out it is a centuries old sculpture that was stolen by the Nazis from Germany in World War Two. This is priceless. Priceless for a Roman? Art.
0: Was it Roman?
2: Yes. Yeah. Sorry. It's an ancient Roman bus dating to the first century B.C. B.C. or first century A.D. It was last seen in Germany, and experts believe a soldier took the sculpture and brought it to the United well, that States. That
0: makes sense. Yeah. One of his trophies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, but they. Well, I mean, they, they did a whole movie about all the art that the Nazis stole, basically. Yeah. So I don't know how it got to be U.S. Maybe I'm reading into that story. But at, at any point, it is this is a bus from B.C. So let your brain wrap so, around that for a so minute. Did she,
0: could she sell it? What happened to it?
2: All right. So she ended up the president of the Bavarian Administration of State-Owned Palaces, Gardens, and Lakes. Bernd Schreiber. That's a that's a actual – he's a president. God, of, that took up his whole of business
0: that. card. Just the title. Bavarian
2: Administration. <laughs> Of state owned palaces, gardens, and lakes. <laughs> Apparently, she took it to Seldonese. They identified, they identified it, uh, they authenticated it. It is priceless, and she has given it back to the museum, and she was unable to sell it and basically got nothing. She's really excited. She said, I'm very pleased that I can return it to its rightful place, whatever. At least, did they give her a if $35? if I could have sold, it, sold
0: it for $3 million. Right? <laughs>
2: But she did not get any money for it, and I had to read give her thirty five dollars back. I, I mean, that's what I want to know. Is like <laughs> that's a pretty big purchase at a Goodwill. Yeah, thirty five dollars. Yeah, that's
0: that's about ten times what you normally pay.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I had to read five or six different stories. So like this one came from NBCDFW.com. and then there, I mean it's in every news thing, but they're all a little bit different. So Laura Young. Did not receive. She just returned it. Oh, God good bless her. her.
0: She did the right thing.
2: I, I think Goodwill needs to give her a $35 um, store credit.
0: She'd probably have been better off trying to steal a lawnmower in the middle of the night.
2: Actually. <laughs> make About that. <laughs> we're going to go to Portland, Maine now because in Portland, hey, we Maine. We haven't been
0: in Florida yet. I'm impressed.
2: Oh, you just wait. We're going to get real close to home for you on the next story. But this one, we're going to visit our friend in Portland, Maine. She's a, a lovely lady who, have you seen that episode of um, The Office where Michael Scott is following his GPS and the GPS has turned right now? Obviously it means at the end of the lake, but he ends up just cranking right and goes into the oh, lake. I
0: think we've all had our GPS tell us to turn where there was nothing. So Yeah, yeah.
2: and so this woman ended up <laughs> in Portland, Maine drove through a police department garage. Wait, hold on. Let's, let's, let's follow the journey of this, this sweet woman, bless her heart. She drove through a parking garage, a police parking garage, across a pedestrian plaza, and then started to drive down a stairwell. There are photos of this, even though she was in some sort of SUV, it got stuck. Because you can't actually continue to go down a stairwell that has multiple levels. <laughs> it's like five stairs flat, five stairs flat. And you ended up getting stuck. And the police rush out and they're like, hey, why are you driving in the stairwell? And so she says, my GPS told me to. The GPS told me to go this way. Um, the police issued a statement. That uh, they don't believe it was the fault of the GPS, but rather the woman's, quote, excessive blood alcohol level. Yeah, I
0: was just going to say, <laughs> was alcohol involved?
2: <laughs> and they also followed it up with, please don't drink and drive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, <clears throat> Glenn, where are we going to go? Florida. Be more specific.
0: I don't know. It's usually southern Florida near Miami. Mm.
2: A little, little further north.
0: No. Orlando. Oh.
2: Little different. Uh,
0: we're going to Ocala?
3: We're we going to Ocala, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We made it to Hi, Weird friends. News?
2: You have made it to Weird News and it is there is a surveillance video. This is on clickorlando.com. It's a weird picture because it looks almost like a Neanderthal kind of man. An Ocala man was arrested Tuesday evening wearing nothing but underwear after he broke a window on a high school campus. Now, this man, I say Neanderthal because he's in underwear. He's practically naked. The photo, he's like hunched over and he's got really long, long hair. OK, so it looks like almost like a, a shadow of Bigfoot walking through something. Apparently, Akeem Jet is facing charges for damaging property. <laughs> he went to the college, the Marion Technical Institute campus. Oh yeah, campus. I pass it all the time. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. Well, apparently he decided to break in, but he didn't have no clothes on, <laughs> just his <laughs> underwear. So police were called after the school after reports of a injured person on campus. Officer, nobody mentions the fact that he's almost naked. Officer searched the property, found a broken window with a large trail of blood leading through the hallways all the way into the cafeteria, which was unlocked. And apparently they found him in in the kitchen Getting some grub on. Uh, Police said a school employee at the scene described the injured man as wearing only his underwear. There is surveillance footage an hour after the incident because they didn't catch him. An hour after the incident, police get another call at some dude at the Sonic restaurant down the street. You know where the Sonic is going? Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They then arrived at the scene where they found this man still in his underwear with a major cut on his right forearm. Uh, Then he was transported to the hospital, which you probably know where that is. He was in question by a detective. Uh, He actually could not even provide them with any information, such as his name. He didn't know why he got his arm Drugs was cut. Drugs are bad,
3: people. He Drugs didn't know are why bad. he was
2: at the Sonic. <laughs> He's facing burglary, criminal mischief, and damages of over $1,000. So you can go spend some time with um, Mr. Jet at the local Ocala prison. Glenn?
0: So if I'm going to break in to get food someplace, the last place is going to be a school.
2: Right, Cafeteria. yeah. <laughs> there's, First there's, of all, there's uh, that.
0: And then also... The Sonic is right across from the Walmart parking lot. He would have been better off at the Walmart parking lot because then nobody would have reported him. It would just look normal.
2: It just looks normal. A guy walking through Walmart <laughs> in his right. underwear bleeding
0: That's out. it. would have been normal. Nobody would have reported him. It'd have been fine.
2: That's but awesome. He had
0: to go to the Sonic instead. One more. I
2: mean... Wanted a smoothie. No, that was it. That is your weird news. Again, if you ever see a weird story, so email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. If you're going to break into
0: someplace, pick a fancy restaurant or something. (laughs) Cook the food. Jeez. Uh, so thank you all for joining us today we really appreciate it tomorrow is Mary and Jennifer doing a training episode and then Friday I'll be coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky from the Marriott Griffin Gate at the American Horse Publications Conference we'll be recording there I think we have like 5 or 6 hosts from the Horse Radio Network there so we're looking forward to getting I'm not around saying,
2: I'm just saying you should have gone to Land Rover instead of that next year yeah. don't screw that up
0: yeah it's kind of a business thing I gotta do so I get to see Reese. So we're going to have dinner with Reese on Friday night. You're self employed. So
2: it's not a business thing. Yeah, you you just didn't have, want to walk across. You still have business
0: things to do. To when you're self employed, I actually have more of them. So I have a quote for the day to end with, and then we'll talk to the auditors in a post show today. Our quote for the day is from Robert Strauss, who said, "Success is like wrestling a gorilla. You don't quit when you are tired. You quit when the gorilla is tired."
2: I love that.
0: So there you go. We'll talk to you all pretty soon.
2: All right. Hey, Neuter Gel.